Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. As those are able to please stand for our first lesson, it comes from Psalm 30. And just as note of reference, our second lesson from Matthew involves instances of healing. So when I picked the psalm, I had that in mind. So listen to this psalm, please, with our sermon in mind. Listen now to the Word of God. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol and restored me to life from among those that gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. And by your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, and I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. And you have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Again, I ask all who are able to please stand. Our second lesson comes from Matthew's Gospel beginning in chapter 8, and listen now to the Word of God. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him, and there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose, be made clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him and saying, 
Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress. And Jesus said to him, I will come and cure him. And the centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard him, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. And I tell you, many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And while the heirs of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you according to your faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. If you could read my mind now, what tale my thoughts would tell? Now, if those words sound, may sound familiar to some of you, and now in your mind you're going, what is that song? It's a song by the same title by Gordon Lightfoot. And for some of you, you may be back to 1971. And some of you may be explaining to your adult child who Gordon Lightfoot happens to be. <laughs> he was a songwriter, is a songwriter, a Canadian, and that was probably his biggest song, biggest hit. Listening this week, that song was played, and I listened again to the lyrics, even looked them up on the internet. And in my own odd way that I'll connect dots, that song came to mind as I was thinking about our lesson today. If we could read their minds now, these two individuals, what a tale those thoughts would tell. I wonder what they would say about their encounter with Jesus Christ. For months, we covered the Sermon on the Mount, taking large and small segments. And then for a period of time, we looked at it, and then we had a guest preacher or something else was covered. And actually, July 12th, I wrapped up the Sermon on the Mount with no fanfare, no one, I'm sure, noticed, but that was the last of that series. And I began to look what follows, in terms of sermons to follow, what's in Matthew 8 and 9. It's a section that has 10 encounters between Jesus and other people. Uh, particularly on the front end, we see some outsiders. And typically, a minister will pick one of those encounters and preaches on that. But as I was reading, I was struck by the way one could pair the encounters and compare and contrast and wondering what tale could be told from that. And so today I want to look at two encounters, the leper and the centurion. And if we could read their mind now, what tale their thoughts would tell. First we have the leper. 
a skin disease, most likely not what we now call leprosy, but nevertheless, a very serious skin disease, contagious. And there was an elaborate set of controls and rituals of how a person was kept away not to infect others. It's recorded in, in the laws of, of Moses. And you may have seen a movie, something where there was a character was a leper and they say, unclean, unclean, and have to cover themselves. Lepers had to live away from others. And especially in our day when we have an inoculation for so much, it may seem very harsh. But my mother remembers two different summers in Wadesboro, North Carolina, where due to polio, a fear of polio, children had to stay at home. I guess they could get in the car and go to the beach. But she, I said, well, what did you do if you wanted to visit a friend? You picked up the phone and you talked. But even, like, I think, between a fence, friends, if you lived next door to a friend, you couldn't even visit between the fences. You had to stay within your yard. My father has a story of one of his sisters got scarlet fever. And representative of the Forsyth County Health Department came to the house and tacked, you know, a sign on their door, quarantined. And uh, my grandfather was out of town. He could not come back. I've actually read a letter from my grandmother to my grandfather, and she's talking about this, how they could possibly communicate if he, would be, they could be at the end of the driveway and he could be some distance away and they could yell at him to communicate. But this suit, whatever he wore, would have to be immediately fumigated. He would have to take it back, take it off, and be fumigated to change back into something else so that he could go about his, his business. And my grandmother, Daddy said my grandmother would get, his grandmother, my great-grandmother, would buy groceries, come to the end of the driveway, honk the horn, you know, leaving the groceries, and then drive away. And they had to go through all kinds of fumigation and cleaning of the house um, to get that sign off the door. So again, that was for scarlet fever. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. Uh, now it's just penicillin. I think they now say scarlet fever is just uh, strep throat with a rash. Take some penicillin. A couple of days later, you're back to normal. So it, again, it seems very harsh, but it wasn't that long ago that we in our own country had some elaborate set of regulations for disease. This person is an outcast though. He is excluded from the community and he calls to Jesus. He kneels before Jesus and says, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Now, it's interesting in his appeal, he is both timid and bold. He's timid and he says, if you choose, suggesting that he believes, yes, you can do it, but would you be willing to choose to heal a leper like me? But he's also bold in that he has actually gotten close enough to Jesus that it could be touched. He did not stay the distance away and kind of yell it like this. He, he got down there and he knelt before him. And so in the same way, he's also very bold. I believe this can be done. Jesus heals him and charges him to say nothing to anyone else, but to show himself to the priest and to offer the gift. He wants him to say nothing, no production. Jesus does not want to run a carnival Again, I think of one of the early temptations was to throw himself from the pinnacle. The angels would save him. What a sensation that would make. And that's not what he is about. 
Also interesting to note when he says, show yourself to the priest, follow the protocol laid down in the law of Moses. We often see Jesus challenging, and I would say challenging the interpretation of the law of Moses versus the law itself. And here he's clearly saying, play by the rules. You get, like it says, you go to the priest, you show yourself, you kind of get checked off. Yes, this person is clean, officially clean and ready and willing and all that to join the community. That one follows this encounter as Jesus approaches Capernaum, a Roman garrison city. Uh, Jerusalem is more like a religious and symbolic capital. Places like Capernaum, Caesarea, those were the major administrative and governmental places. He comes into the city and a centurion, probably a Roman, but definitely a Gentile, comes to him. And as a Gentile, he is an outsider in Jewish eyes. He appeals on behalf of the servant. He is paralyzed. Please heal him. And Jesus intends to go to the man's house and even risk ceremonial defilement. And the man says, oh no, just speak the word. I am also a man under authority. I know what it means to say, make it so. And it happens. Jesus is amazed at this man's faith, and he praises it to the others. In both these examples, both these stories, we have cases where Jesus crosses the boundaries and reaches out to somebody. And actually, the story that will follow this is Peter's mother-in-law, so we kind of get a triple here in terms of reaching out to the woman as well. And yet, they're more than just outsiders. The leper is a Jew. And as a fellow Jew who knows his history, you know, that God worked with his ancestor Abraham, and when the people were in Egypt, led them out with the Exodus, and they went into exile, and they were disciplined, and God led them out of the exile. He has this history, this reference, that we are God's people, and if God sends a healer, I kind of have a right or access to this. And so even though he's an outsider as a leper, he's got a bit of that inside track. I can appeal to Jesus. And this is centurion, though he is a Gentile, and in the Jewish world, he is a nobody. He is a person of authority. In most of the world in which he functions, he is somebody. And yet both, even with this somebody status, need Christ. They come to Jesus. They need his touch. Whether one is on the inside or one is on the outside, one has a need, and one can come to Christ and present that need, kneel before Him, come to Him appealing for whatever it is. Today, whether one is a person of means, of status, or not, whether one is an insider or an outsider, today at your point of pain, at your greatest need, you can bring that need to Jesus. The answer may be immediate or it may take time. You may or may not get the answer that you are seeking, 
but Jesus will respond at our point of need, our point of pain. As I said, I picked Psalm 30 particularly for the, today, a story of, from David's life, a time of chastisement and a time of healing and restoration. But we could take this further in what their challenges were. Some thought that leprosy was a result of sin. And so to be healed of leprosy is a sense of being forgiven. Think of someone or people in your, your life or someone that you know who's had a past or current mistake with sin in life. It could be an addiction or an action or an attitude. To be paralyzed is to be helpless. Think again of a circumstance or a situation in your life or the life of someone that has left that has led to a sense of helplessness. Again, we can bring it to our Savior. Now, as I continued to compare and to contrast at this passage, I was looking at the two people, and all of a sudden, a very obvious fact dawned on me. There is a third person involved in this story. For all our talk of the centurion who graciously appeals on behalf of this servant, who crosses all kinds of boundaries in his part to go to this Jewish healer, who is the person sick? Not the centurion. It's the servant who is home, the servant who is healed, the servant who does not speak to Jesus. Think in your own life of someone who has prayed for you when you had a great need, when maybe you were so confused you didn't even know how to spell the word pray or prayer, but who prayed to the Lord on your behalf. Think of a time when you have had a friend, a family member, an acquaintance even, who is at some great challenge and you prayed for that person, and you brought it to the feet of Jesus. On this side of eternity, I don't think we will ever know. I know we'll never know all the people who have prayed for us, all the people who have sent up an arrow saying, heal Jones or help Jones in this direction. I will never know that. And you'll never know all of those that prayed for you and are praying even for you now. We have a rocking chair at my house that I first saw in the home of my great-grandparents' self. There was a rocking chair in which my great-grandmother sat. There was a, know, a coffee, long coffee table in between. And on the other side, a rocking chair where my great-grandfather's self sat. And together, they held court. Wonderful memories of them there, and she was more agile, so I'd see her more around the house. But anyway, memories of those rocking chairs. And later, her rocking chair went to my grandmother, Bennett. My grandmother was their eldest daughter, and later, I mean, once she got that rocking chair, that became the place 
was she would kneel to pray, say her evening prayers. I know a way of being closer to her mother, but anyway, that's where she would kneel. And I know that many prayers that she had, and they were among them for her grandson. And I'm sure among those prayers for her grandson was, is that boy ever going to get married? <laughs> and she didn't know about Mary Lee, but she, she never met her. She passed away before she had a chance to, to meet her. But now that rocking chair belongs to me. And as I would several years ago rock Bennett and later rock Mary Claire in that rocking chair, I knew that my grandmother had prayed for them in that very space, though she would never see them. Now that's, I know, a very sentimental story and example. But you can fill in your own situation. Again, think of the people that have prayed for you during a difficult time uh, in your marriage, a time of sickness, a, a time, just a very lost chapter in your life, a season when you had to look for a new job or try to adjust to a job that you had been given. And again, think of the people for whom you have prayed, an acquaintance who may never know, a story you read about or hear about, and you shoot up a short prayer for that person. We can bring those concerns to the feet of Jesus, just like we bring our own deepest hurts and concerns. You may feel like you are an outsider. You may have a sense that, really, I am an insider. I've grown up in the faith. You might feel like an outsider with an inside claim or an insider with one foot outside the tent. Regardless, again, you can bring whatever that concern is to the feet of Christ. For things in your life, for things in, the fr in your friends and family, and for this church. As we shared in our announcements and was shared last week, around the corner, a new chapter is about to start. These are the last pages of what I call the interim, interim period. And um, I don't want to write them well, so, you know, let's, let's do our best in, the week, in these short weeks ahead. But, y'all, there's a new chapter coming by the end of the month, halfway of the month, end of the month. And this is something that we can be bringing now to the feet of Jesus. Help us, guide us in these days and weeks ahead. Again, I think of these two individuals, these three individuals, all touched by Jesus Christ. And if we could read their minds now, what a tale their thoughts would tell. As an outsider with access, an insider who does not have it all together, Jesus met them at their point of pain, at their point of need, and there was able to address outright what they needed. Today, we can bring to His feet our biggest need our greatest fear, our most audacious hope. 
If Jesus could read our minds now, what a tale our thoughts would tell. And the good news is, sometimes scary news, is that he can and that he is. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Almighty, gracious, and loving God, what a tale our thoughts are telling you now. Lord, we lay before you our greatest fears and our biggest needs, our points of pain, our most audacious hopes for the future, our most challenging worries, our bouquets of thanksgiving as we see the ways you've already been at work, we bring them to you that you might turn mourning into joy and that you might heal us, guide us, challenge us where you would have us to go. Just speak the word and we will be touched. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.